You're listening to Girl Side Chats, a podcast for girls and women. From periods to politics, we boldly explore life on the girl side. I'm your host, Vanessa L. Wild, founder of Girl Side Chats. And I'm your co-host, Heather Conklin. And today we're chatting about the imposter syndrome. I don't just study imposterism. I experienced it. And I didn't just experience it. I inhabited it. It was like a little house I lived in. Of course, no one else knew I lived there. It was my secret. It nearly always is. That's how imposterism gets such a good grip. It pays you hush money. If you don't tell anyone about those feelings, then people are less likely to think, hmm, she doesn't really deserve to be here. No need to give them any ideas, right? And that was Amy Cuddy from the book Presence. So today we're talking about the imposter syndrome. And the imposter syndrome is really common, especially among individuals who are high achievers and even famous people. So Maya Angelou has even admitted having imposter syndrome. She says, I've written 11 books, and each time I think, "Uh uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out. So what is imposter syndrome? So it's really the feeling of being inadequate despite having some success. So basically, it means that despite the overwhelming evidence of our abilities, those of us that feel like imposters dismiss those, that evidence of success and instead say that our success has been due to things like luck or timing or charm or outside help or just something else that we ourselves didn't do. So basically, it's the feeling or the fear that we've somehow managed to slip through the system and that we're going to be found out. And it's estimated that approximately 70% of people suffer from imposter syndrome at at least some point in their life. So the question, Vanessa, is, is imposter syndrome a women's only thing? That's a very good question, Heather. And it's not a woman's only thing. Guys feel this too, and they experience it. But women do seem to have an overwhelmingly uh, intense experience with this imposter syndrome. I have a few friends who are highly successful, amazing, creative, talented women that have this experience. And you and I shared before we started recording today that we have both bumped into that feeling also. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a woman's thing, but it does affect a lot of women. You know, the imposter syndrome or the phenomenon was coined by the clinical psychologist Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes in their 1978 paper published in Psychotherapy Theory, Research, and Practice. I'm sure you have all read that, right? Uh, Anyways, they give this name for high-performing but inwardly anxious women. Even from the beginning, The phenomenon was associated with women, a belief that still persists today. So like I said, it's not a a girl, a woman thing only, uh, but the study was done around women and it seems to come up a lot within um, high achieving women. So have there been studies at this point that have shown that men actually are more susceptible to this as well? Or actually the studies have shown that they are equally susceptible. The numbers are are matched. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess it begs the question, why, with all these high-achieving, creative, wonderful people, why, how do people get this imposter syndrome? 
So, you know, that's a great question. I think one of the big issues is that we set the bar really high for ourselves, especially for those folks that, you know, we really have big goals, big dreams, all of these things that we want to accomplish. Um, you know, we really, I think we just put so much pressure on ourselves to be amazing. So we set that bar so, so high. Um, and then with such a high bar set, you know, how do you reach that? What's, how do you get there? How confident do you need to be? How fabulous do you need to be? So it's kind of like a superwoman or superman mindset, um, basically, that you have to be able to do everything perfectly. Oh, the pressure. Can you all feel that right now? Just <laughs> thinking about this is giving me anxiety. <laughs> and so when we feel that pressure and then we came to that pressure, this idea, the struggle to be perfect, I mean, really, it leads to perfectionism behaviors. Um, and sometimes as the opposite of perfectionism, or I guess, you know, in addition to perfectionism, we start to procrastinate on things we actually could be doing to move ourselves forward. So it's this idea that it's kind of a cyclical issue. Once we put so much pressure on ourselves to achieve that extraordinarily high bar, um, and when we think that we can't get there, we're just not going to be able to, then we start to basically engage in some self-sabotage behaviors. Um, so things like maybe not submitting a paper um, that you could absolutely, that you finished, it's ready to go, but you just sit on it um, because it's not perfect. Or maybe not publishing your website, um, or maybe if you wanted to start a blog. And you just sit on it and you're not doing it um, and you keep cutting it off because somehow you don't feel good enough. So that is it more than just feeling good enough, though. It's almost feeling like uh, I think we're going to get into this a little bit more, but really feeling like who on earth is going to read my paper? What do I know? And it's, it ties into good enough, but it can really feel like you are um, a, like a con, con man, con woman in publishing this or putting this kind of content or positioning yourself in this uh, as an expert in something. Absolutely. And that's, and that is what it is. It's sort of this feeling of inadequacy of, of, well, how much do I know? Um, and it's always saying that you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. um, and that's exactly the mindset of this, which is why it's so damaging. Um, and it really is a mindset issue. So research has found that men and women have feelings of being frauds approximately equally. So both guys and girls are feeling this. Is this something that is more serious issue for women, do you think, especially professional women? Oh, you know, I, I don't know. That's such a great, I think that's a great conversation because, you know, all of us in the professional women's space, I think, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I feel that a lot. I feel like I'm an imposter a lot, especially when I'm in business because it's all me. The pressure's on me to perform um, it's my business, it's my products, it's my image. And so that, especially for me, is a struggle. Um, and, you know, I, it's such a tough thing. I think despite our qualifications, I mean, I feel like I'm qualified to do what I well, do. Well, you're well-educated. <laughs> you have a lot of experience. And, and still, you bump into this feeling. Absolutely. And so it has nothing to do with our technical qualifications. Um, but it's really kind of those messages that we've internalized, uh, maybe from things that we've been told you know, from our families and our background, um, maybe things we've been told in school, like the, you know, for example, you know, girls being told that they're not good at math, um, you know, or something that we've had at work happen to us that we start to question our qualifications. So not only do, are we qualified, we have experience, education, uh, maybe an innate talent or an interest in something, we're good at something. Um, despite all of that, women are getting paid less than men. Do you think that this idea of being a fraud kind of plays into the pay gap in some way? Um, 
by we're not feeling good enough. And so then we don't negotiate or advocate for ourselves in terms of pay. And it just creates this cycle that's difficult, as we can tell right now, it's challenging to come out of. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's the thing. If you can't, if you don't feel that you're worthwhile and that you're not good enough um, to ask for promotion or that you're somehow undeserving of a raise or more money just in general, how do you advocate for yourself? Um, and it does. It, it starts to feed back into that mindset. So it's those internalized messages hmm. that I think really just start to make things messy. I wonder how this concept affects women who are, who are high achieving and high income earners for their homes. So when you're earning a high income and you feel like a con man, how does that play out? I don't, I'd love to, we can talk about that later, but that's an interesting concept. would like to hear uh, how you all think about that is if you're earning a high income, does that contribute more to that feeling of, of being a fraud? How does money and, and that concept play together? That's such an interesting question. Yeah, I don't know the answers to that. And I'm wondering if that sort of ties into the conversation that we had last week, too, about like the social expectations for women mm. um, in a way. So I, I don't know. Listeners, what do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are always welcome to comment. We want to engage conversation. So please comment uh, as we go along in our podcast. Uh, one of the things in, in researching this and going deeper into this topic is really the paradox of the imposter syndrome. Meaning that the more you learn, the more you realize that you don't know. And it may be one of the reasons why elites and highly educated people tend to be more susceptible to imposter syndrome. Ooh, that's that's juicy. That's meaty right there, Vanessa. That's a good one, right? Yes. So what do you think? So, you know, that's really, that is such an interesting paradox. So the more that you know, the less you realize what you don't know. I feel like that's sort of a, a bumper sticker, you know, or a t-shirt kind of slogan. You know, the interesting thing, though, on the flip side is that the people that actually are imposters, um, those people that have maybe low skills, low abilities, they don't know as much, they're not nearly as competent. I'm sure we can think of at least one person we've met in our lifetime. Yes, we can. I mean, I won't make jokes about, you know, <laughs> politics today, but yeah. but we know. But we know. Uh, <laughs> and we know that they, you know, that those folks, they tend to think they're really great. They tend to think that they're very competent. They actually tend to overestimate their abilities. And there's a very cool and interesting name for this. It actually has a, a syndrome name. Would you like to tell me what that is? It is. It is actually the cognitive bias, and it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And basically, it's ignorance of one's own ignorance. And so the paradox of the imposter syndrome is that we, those of us that have imposter syndrome, think that we don't know enough, even though we're technically qualified. And on the flip side, what you have is people who are not technically qualified and think they know a lot. I think we've met a few of those in our lives. <laughs> I know I've met a few people. <laughs> just a few. And it's just frustrating because you just want to say like, wake up, we, that's not what we're doing or what we're talking about or that's not truthful. Um, so it is a frustrating situation because again, we both have very, very competent, incredibly intelligent, talented friends. And we see this a lot in our community, in the entrepreneurial community. And of course, it's outside of that community, but for the sake of this conversation. So what are some ways that we can deal with feeling like a fraud? What are some of the things that we can kind of bypass this? 
So there's a couple of tips that were actually, um, you know, in, in doing the research for this and just thinking about my own coping mechanisms for this, um, a couple of tips for just dealing with imposter syndrome. Um, one of those is really acknowledging that you actually do have a role in your own success. So even if you have had help or support along the way, like I think most of us have, um, you know, keep in mind that you were the one who actually did something with that. They didn't do it for you. So I think always keeping that in the back of your mind is always helpful um, because you are in control of your own destiny. The second tip is in a blog post on the Startup Brothers, um, it talked about the sort of twisted mindset that causes imposter syndrome. And basically, it's the, the unconscious belief that you have some sort of extreme power or on the flip side, that somehow you think you're a freak, uh, which I thought was a great <laughs> term. So if in overcoming that, they suggested actually doing a writing exercise. So if you want to, um, you can write for 30 minutes is, is what they recommended. And this is only for you, so you don't have to show anybody. But they said, write down as many insane, crazy things about yourself, your most ridiculous beliefs, the, the weirdest things that you can think of about you. And then once you're done with that 30 minutes, like, look at that paper, like what you wrote down and look, look at it in a way that you've expressed those things, but also look at it objectively. If you had seen that written potentially by somebody else, perhaps think about that. And just even looking at that, do those things actually seem that weird? And so that was their, their first writing exercise. And the second one is if you don't want to get that crazy weird out of it, <laughs> they suggested actually trying stream of consciousness writing for about 30 minutes. So you nonstop write, basically you can't put your pen down and you write every thought that's in your head. And if you can't think of anything, write down, I can't think of anything until you actually think of something. And basically the idea is that if you have to continuously write, you're putting yourself in touch with what's actually going on inside of you and you're expressing it. And again, you're externalizing those thoughts, which tend to take some of the sting or the judgment out of them. Because when we sit in those with those thoughts inside of us, we judge those things. And so the idea is just to get it out of your system. So the next tip, and this is one of my favorites, and I use this all the time, is treat whatever project you're working on, whether it's a blog post, an article, a podcast, <laughs> perhaps, as an experiment. So in my business, I always refer to what I do as a science project, because as a researcher, we love science and experiments are fun. Uh, but the idea is that when you think of it as an experiment or a science project, basically the idea is that you're not going to be judging what's happening. You're just going to be saying, evaluating something more objectively, saying, did this work? Was this successful? Did I learn what I needed to learn? And so it's sort of a way to keep that more objective instead of judging every single thing as an internal personal judgment. And that's what we're doing here with the Girls Side Chats podcast. This, Vanessa, is a science project. This is definitely a science project. <laughs> and thank you all for participating. I, I love the exercises. And I think that these are super important to do. Um, and there's a couple more, too. Um, now, I don't know about you, but do you know what you're doing all the time? I don't always know what I'm doing. Uh, in fact, <laughs> making mistakes is how I learn. And I think that that's pretty common for most of us. Um, we all make mistakes and try stuff to see what works and what doesn't. This is a human constant. I don't know anybody that hasn't made a mistake. So talking about the mistakes that we make, talking about the feelings we have of, of being of feeling like a fraud, in doing that, like you had said earlier, we externalize these things. Uh, they're kind of these insidious thoughts. We get them out into the open. We air them out. 
we admit that we make mistakes and get okay making mistakes. And can this can be really helpful in expressing our feelings and may learn that we're not the only ones feeling this way. One of the greatest things my improv teacher taught me was dare to suck. And that was the whole concept of getting okay making mistakes and failing and then celebrating that. So I want to share that with our audience because I find it very freeing. That's one of the things that set me free from the imposter syndrome. I still bump into it every now and then. But when I get really locked into feeling like a con or not good enough, I remember dare to suck. Try it. Make a mistake. It's okay to fail. And if I can, laugh about it. And that takes the sting away for me. I love that dare to suck. Another bumper sticker t-shirt slogan. That's awesome. That is great advice. I feel like that's far more, you know, useful information than when somebody says, fake it till you make it. Or my favorite, when somebody is feeling like an imposter of, you know, basically asking. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of good enough. Oh, that's my least favorite. I've never word. heard it and I still don't understand it. So I'm going <laughs> to dare to suck from now on. And then we invite you all to dare to suck. Celebrate your failures. Learn from them. Laugh at them if you can. And remember that we're all in this together. No one's alone here. Uh, we all have to start from somewhere. And we may have the education and, and begin a career or maybe have experience and begin a new career. We may not have all the pieces all at the same time. And that's okay. It's about putting it all together in a way that works for us, in a way that feels authentic, and in a way that is easy and, dare I say, fun. Yes, fun. This is a process, right? We're all learning together in this weird, connected, bizarre world. And I think that's part of what we're doing here. We're, we're building community and we are daring to suck together. And we're also celebrating when we accomplish something amazing. And that empowerment that comes out of that, I think, is so important and impactful. Well, and that's what makes Girlside Chats uh, what it is. We've been doing this for a year and we are so excited to bring this to a larger community through our podcast. So some final questions and would love for you guys to engage with us on Facebook. Uh, do you feel like a fraud sometimes? And if you do, we'd love to talk about it. Uh, we have some very helpful tips for you in dealing with feelings of inadequacy or the habits of perfectionism that come with it. And would love to share your tips, comments, stories, and thoughts with us again in Facebook on our public page, Girlside Chats. We will be chatting more about this topic during our Facebook Live on Friday around 11 a.m. Please join us uh, to share, learn, and create connection. Later from the girl side. Bye.